You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fabulous job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. It is a Tuesday morning around 8 o'clock. We always look forward to catching up with Gus Cattengale from ESPN New Orleans 100.3. What up, Gus? How you doing this morning, bud? How you doing, man? Good morning to you. You know, football and the Saints, it's meat and potatoes around this state. But when the mm-hmm. Pels go on this kind of a winning streak, I think it's time to kind of give them a little bit of credit. Uh, first of all, what do you make of this winning streak? And now, what are realistic expectations for this team this year? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the things that's interesting more than anything in terms of realistic expectations are you'd like to see them get to the postseason, like to get them to obviously still be in the playoffs. Um, man, I tell you, you have to be happy, right? I mean, what's crazy is it starts, it starts bringing up a couple Yeah, we're here, guys. Hey, sorry about that. <laughs> Junior's on. reaching for the phone. Um, so, because you know he had to go to the bathroom literally when you put me on. So, <laughs> and he's a big Pels fan too. Exactly, so. trying to change a diaper and do an interview. So, um, look, it, the eight-game win streak showing you a handful of things, right? For starters, all of the bashing, and believe me, I've, you know, I wouldn't say I've been on par with bashing Gentry per se. It's more of if the message isn't there, you know, and I've, I've said this to fans, Alvin Gentry doesn't not know basketball. He doesn't not know, you know, how to coach. I mean, you're just not at this level if you don't know what you're doing, right? So it's whether or not it goes perfectly with what you have. What kind of team do you have? Do you have a roster that's conducive to what it is? that you want to do so you know you bring a guy in to coach a style of offense that's like golden state that is shooting threes that wants to get up and down the court that wants to run pace that wants to do all those different things that um that you saw at golden state obviously with him being an assistant and helping that out but you you need those players first thing you need you need shooters um then you got to have a team that's willing to, to want to do that well you know, we've talked about this. So he comes in, and what happens? You you have Eric Gordon who sneezes and gets injured or doesn't play that way. Basically already had a foot out the door, right? We saw that because when the guy played with effort, he was the sixth man of the year last year. It wasn't the three-point competition. You see how well he's playing with Houston. Ryan Anderson, same thing, right? I mean, these are guys that you had on your roster. Then you add all the injuries, 200-plus games. Last year alone, missed by starters. I mean, I don't care if it's Phil Jackson. You're, you're going to have a hard time winning. Um, and then in the middle of that, you, you go from what his strength probably is to, hey, we're going to make you a big team by giving you the second best big player, you know, or one of the best big players in the NBA, but going to give you the, the full front court and make you the best front court in the NBA. Well, when you do all that, it, it just takes time and takes some adjustment. Um, you got that guy who had trouble buying in with anybody to buy in. But you still have to get the rest of the roster kind of going. So you saw this season inconsistent play, yet you saw potential, right? I mean, 
they beat your Boston. They were up several times on Golden State, uh, you know, 20-plus points. Yet they struggled to beat the, the lower-end teams. They would struggle to beat the teams like the Hawks, the Mavs, the Kings, and some of those losses kind of hurt them. But you kept looking at it at the midway point of the season, and we kept talking and said, hey, look, when you take a look at what they are, they could be a team that easily could be in the fourth or, you know, battling for the fifth spot if they would have won those games against teams that they should have beaten, right? So you're seeing that now, and here's the crazy part of it. For those that say that Gentry didn't know what he's doing, they're doing exactly what his offense sort of is, move the ball. They're, what, one of the top teams in the league at pace in terms of tempo, in terms of shooting and scoring and three points, and they're winning, and they're doing it without Cousins after they adjusted to it. So it's going to pose an interesting question because it has around here, you know, is, is Cousins good for this team? Is it what's best, or do you go with a guy like a Miritich? And, and you saw what Okafor has been able to do, just some guys that can help rebound and give you some shots, and AD is your main you know, focal point. So when you look at all those things, it's going to pose some interesting questions, but that's really what's happening right now, I think, in this win streak. You're starting to see the things that Gentry does well kind of translate onto the court with wins, and more importantly, though, guys, um, they're just playing fun basketball. They're playing good basketball. You're seeing Sheck Diallo kind of develop. You're seeing the move that Dell Demps made, whether you know, it's Miritich or bringing Okafor, you know, kind of pay off, but uh, they need them. It's crazy. You need those wins to get to where you are. Portland's getting hot, and you look at the end of March, and there's a five-game homestand that starts here, guys, with um, Houston, Boston. You got the Pacers, Lakers, and Mavs three straight days. Then you go on the road at Houston. Then you host Portland, and then you're at Cleveland. That's how you end the month of March, so you better get as many wins as you can right now because you might be looking out and then everyone wants to go fire Gentry. <laughs> Gus, it's been an amazing run, but we go broad picture, big picture. Yeah. I still feel like they're not connecting to a lot of different fans. I don't know how it is in the New Orleans area, but certainly mm-hmm. in Northeast Louisiana. I don't think they've reached out, and people here certainly have not embraced this franchise. Mm-hmm. Any idea how they can change that besides just winning? You know... I, I think a lot of it has to be and has to do with um, how they're perceived a lot of times. Here's the thing. When, when a lot of times you have people that aren't excited about a coach or aren't excited about a team, um, it, it doesn't connect. You need those personalities. You know, I mean, when you had probably the best connection from the city and the franchise, when we had Chris Paul and, you know, he was – engaging but you know it's crazy it's not like he was um outspoken or anything from that nature and anthony davis does a good job too look i'll say this um it's part of the reasons that you and i have talked about this in the past right when you're run by a football organization and Mm -hmm. you're sharing staff you kind of i don't know i mean look I'm trying to do what I can on our side, and I'm not doing it to, to try to gain favor. I mean, they're your city's professional basketball franchise. You should talk about them equally. And and I think that's how I always looked at it. You should cover the Pels and talk the Pels just the way you do the Saints. Hmm. Now, you you can't, when I get the argument, well, one, you know, I care more about, well, one's 50 years. 
You know, mm-hmm. one's been here since 2002, 2003. I mean, it's, you know, you can't compare the two. You can't compare the love. And I don't want to hear, well, this isn't a basketball state. The PMAC used to be called the Death Dome. One of the best players to ever play was Pistol Pete. He used to have the jazz here in the NBA, so they thought it would succeed. It didn't fail. The owner moved. They didn't fail here. They were not not getting supported, the jazz, when they were playing here in, in, the, in New Orleans. Um, and you had some of the best basketball players that come out of the state that go on into the NBA or even in college basketball. Um, you're going to probably have two teams from, th- from southwest or southeast Louisiana, however you want to look at it, go into March Madness this year. You know, Nichols and the Raging Cajuns have a good good chance to be going in there. Will Wade's doing a really good job at LSU, likely NIT, could be moving forward on that. You know, Dunleavy showed some success uh, early at Tulane. As soon as he keeps getting some classes with that style, that system seems to be one that players like. And, and if they start winning there. So winning solves everything, Aaron, I guess is the, the long-winded answer on that, if they continue to win and they win, you'll get success. I mean, I, you know, I won't even use the same sport, right? But when the Saints were 79 for three straight seasons, Aaron, people were questioning, is it time to move on from Sean Payton? Is it time to fire Mickey Loomis? Is Drew Brees done? And now everyone wants to erect statues and everybody and remind them how great they are in the draft. Look how great they do this. Look how great they do that. You know what I'm saying? Winning, yeah. winning, winning souls a lot. All right, you mentioned Sean Payton and, of course, uh, Drew Brees. Uh, free agency starts next Thursday. Uh, should we still be concerned, or is this just this is the way the Saints do business, or Brees' people do business, that this thing hasn't been worked out yet? Well, no. I mean, remember, they said um, they were going to do this by March 14th. So when you look at March 14th, that's Wednesday, they said that they were going to talk this week while they were at the Combine, his people – Saints people, what have you. Combine ended yesterday, right? There's still workouts and everything. Um, but obviously they could have talked. You already know what the numbers are. Now it's a matter of hammering it down. They're probably all at their offices and making sure it all goes down this way. Look, here's why there's no concern to me, right? Um, a, Kirk Cousins, all these other deals that these quarterbacks are making have no bearing on Drew Brees. It's two completely different things. Cousins and all these other teams that are looking for the long-term quarterbacks, exactly right they're looking for a five year you know long-term deal kind of build a franchise around them um not that you're not building the franchise around your breeze you're trying to compliment drew breeze and help him by giving him some some weapons um breeze is still the face of the franchise but like we talked about after the super bowl when we saw the pro bowl uh after the regular season rather i think what you're seeing is a transitioning uh, of the franchise and, and where it goes, right? I mean, different new faces, whether it's Kamara and others, are now the ones, to me, that are kind of taking over what you think you're going to know this team for. So, um, and then, to me, the, the biggest key, guys, is Drew Brees himself said March 14th. He's the one that set the date. Not anybody else. He said it. And then the number 18, $18 million dollars is what Breeze would cost the Saints to the salary cap, whether he played or whether he didn't play, regardless, March 14th. So if a new deal is not done, regardless, the next day, Thursday, 18 mil to the cap. Done already. No matter, no matter if they trade him, if he signs with the Falcons, doesn't matter. It's gone. You know, 18 million is gone into the cap. So 
No one wants that. You can make the cap hit a lot less by signing him to a new deal. It's what both parties want. He wants, obviously, to be able to help with free agency. He's shown willingness to do that in terms of cap hits because if you remember last year, and I said this when he did it, you know, because fans are like, give the hometown discounts, you can get more players and free agency and all that. He did. He absolutely did. Um, the Saints won the last uh, the last contract. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even close. So he did give the team the hometown discount. It was a short-end deal. And, again, when you just go to what he said at the end of the season in terms of giving us the time frame, giving us the timetable, and then Loomis saying it as well. Um, it, it's just literally a matter of sitting down and hashing out probably the incentives. The big part of the deal, guys, you would imagine, right? They probably already kind of decided. I mean, it's going to be 23 to 25. That's the going rate. That's what it is. Um, probably a year or two. You know, I would say two, maybe option for a third. Um, maybe you want to throw in some incentives in terms of, hey, we'll do uh, – you know, hey, get us to the playoffs, get us to the Super Bowl, we'll do this, we'll do that. I mean, maybe that's kind of where it goes. I just, I would be absolutely shocked, like really, really shocked if uh, next week it's not. And again, you have all week this week. You have all weekend. <laughs> and then you have Monday and Tuesday. Deadlines tend to make deals go quicker. I, I, I don't think it's going to come close to that, honestly. I, I just really don't. I mean, the report last week that came out that those parties were going to meet at the Combine is, I think, a hint enough that that's what they're looking to, to do already. So both parties are going to be there. They sat down. No doubt they chatted. They exchanged, uh, you know, what each wanted to do. And each side probably already knows what they want to do, man. So it's just a matter of uh, knocking it out and, and dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Gus, nobody multitasks better than you do. I was worried there for a second that perhaps you put, you the, diaper were a little too, put the diaper on a little too tight on Junior there, but uh, you got through it. Hey, how can we hear more from you and Junior later today? Uh, we'll be at the Zurich Media Classic today in the, Sun, in the Sun Belt Conference Tournament, actually on Wednesday live from the Lakefront nice. Arena. So from 12 to 3, listen to us, tune in radio, or you know, chime in at ESPN Radio NOLA because one of the things we're going to be talking about today, I'm sure you guys are too, and it's making me nauseous. The, the reports of the Saints could be interested. And, you know, the wording is hilarious, how each reporter now is picking apart the wording where they're looking into or could be as opposed to they are. And, you know, stop writing speculation. Hey, this just in. Most NFL stories are completely speculative right now because there is no news. There's nothing going on, but they're trying to get clicks. So, <laughs> but everyone's like, could be. No, don't go after Jimmy Graham if you watched anything this weekend, I did actually watch the tight end set in the combine. There are way too many young tight ends and good tight ends. You get one, you can mold them, you can make sure that, A, you don't have to pay him what you're going to have to pay Jimmy Graham. And it didn't work out. He didn't become a better blocker overnight. I mean, you're asking them to become a better teammate all of a sudden. And quite honestly, I like what you have with everything in this offense. It's a running back-based offense. So... I need a run. I need a tight end that is not Jimmy Graham. I'm the, look. If Seattle's willing to not re-sign him, ask yourself why. That's all I need to say. Hmm. Gus, uh, chase down Nick when you're down there, and uh, go uh, have a salad with him. <laughs> oh, really? We're going with salads now. All right, cool, man. I'll do that with him. <laughs>
Later, Gus. Thanks, buddy. Take care, man. Gus Cattengill from uh, 100.3 down there, ESPN New Orleans. See? Not a Jimmy Graham fan there either. No, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, you've got a lot of good talent in the draft, and Jimmy Graham, like I said, if he's willing to take a pay cut, if you can get it from cheap, sure, take take the gamble. But that said, he hasn't. He hasn't become a great blocker, and he's going to want a, a nice payday. You know he is, so. And like you said, what Mark Ingram tweeted, you know, saying I wonder how the guys are going to react to that. So, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think it is just clickbait at this point. Were you worried when he was putting the diaper on? A little bit, yeah. I was like, this is going to go south. But he he held it together. I need to take notes. For oh, yeah, are you going to be doing that this summer? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Have you worked out that situation yet? Uh yeah, we got a we got a babysitter. We're daycare. <laughs> daycare. Yeah. When you start practicing, right? Oh, uh I'm going to practice on the real deal. <laughs> okay. So, that'll be a train wreck. 888-993-7762 the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline/text/line. Bob and the hour we look forward to catching up with Coach Conkle for his weekly visit as the dogs get ready for Conference USA play. And then at 8.40, James Cooper from Grambling as the Tigers get ready for a matchup with the Diamond Dogs tonight. The Morning Drive is back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If you or someone you know is addicted to drugs or alcohol, please call this number right now. 1-800-446-7096. That's 1-800-446-7096. By calling the Addiction Rehab Specialist, you're taking the first steps to recovery. Advisors are ready to match you with a proven five-star treatment center that can help. If you or a loved one might have a problem with drugs or alcohol, call us now and talk to one of our Addiction Rehab Specialists about the first steps to recovery. 800-446-7096. 800-446-7096. Let the addiction rehab specialist help you break your addiction before it's too late. This call is completely confidential. And if you have private insurance, there will be little to no cost to you. Even if you've already been to treatment, call the addiction rehab specialist at 1-800-446-7096. That's 1-800-446-7096. The addiction rehab specialist is an advertisement for various treatment centers and placement networks. Not all insurance is accepted. Individual results will vary. Visit addictionrehabspecialist.com forward slash terms for more information. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, Jake, you all in on a conference tournaments championship week? Uh, listen, I, yes, I am because I'm one of those guys. And listen, last year kind of proved me wrong. Yeah. Every all of my my checklist for picking teams in March Madness, everything went wrong. Uh-huh. Went against the way I normally do uh-huh. things. But I traditionally like teams that win the conference tournament because they go into March Madness hot and they usually do well. But it was like all of the champions that that I liked ended up falling short. And that, along with a couple other things, really shook my confidence. But I'm still going to say that's a rare occasion. That <laughs> you were was a, rattled. That was a one-off. 
uh, it shook my confidence with March Madness. Wait, your I wife was, beat you? Yeah. I, yeah. Dude, I had a horrible – I'm usually really good with those brackets. Like, I usually entered those con- – those whatever, a bracket contest, yeah. and I'm usually like top five. Oh, wow. Last year – was some smack. Last year was awful because yeah. all, of my, all of the things I usually go with just – it was the complete opposite. I'm hoping that's a one-off, and I'm going to stick with, you know, whoever is hot around conference tournament time and does well. All right, a couple things uh, tournament-related. Uh, you know the selection show is off CBS this year. That's good, although I think they did better last year. I know you're a CBS guy. I'm sorry, but remember why, – Why is that good? You remember off a couple a, a of network years? And then put it on TBS. You remember a couple of years ago? might have been two years ago. Where they dragged yeah. it out. That was a train well, wreck. Well, that last year they switched back because uh, people complained because they went to two hours and then, of course, they didn't We knew really the bracket get. before it finished. So now TBS says that they will reveal the bracket early on in the portion of their two-hour show, or at least in the first half. Good. So just because CBS made one blunder and tried to get the most bang for their buck. Yeah, I didn't it appreciate it. it. You know, <laughs> I, I've got things to do. All right, other uh, news-related. Uh, how about the fact that uh, Vern Lundquist will not be calling this game? Any games in March Madness. Yeah, that's uh, he had back surgery in November. That's unfortunate. Calling uh, four games in one day would be pretty tough. Yeah. So we will not have Vern with on one of the crews. As long as I have Bill Rafferty, I'm good. All right, you got uh, the youngins guy. Man to man. Yes. Onions. Yes. Uh, he will, of course, be with uh, Grand Hill. Tracy Wolfson and some guy named Jim Nance. That's your number one crew. That's a good crew. Uh, Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller. That's a good one. Yeah, not bad. Dana Jacobson getting some work on the sidelines. Uh, still miss Gus. Yeah, I still miss Gus. Who? There, there's got to be two more crews, huh? Oh, there's a lot more crews. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight crews. Anybody that we know? Uh, Brad Nestler. That's will good. Be with, uh, Steve Lavin. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Ian, uh, I think it's Ian Eagle, Ian Eagle, I think it is. Okay. People Carter Blackburn. We lost it. He's an upcomer. We lost the people. Okay. Uh, the other news from the broadcasting world that I thought it was noteworthy, and we mentioned this, uh, what was it, a week, two weeks ago, with Mike Patrick leaving ESPN. Sure. Uh, at the age of 73, he's been with the uh, ESPN for 35 years. We thought it was just a case where he was basically retiring. That seems like it is not the case, where they basically kind of forced him out the door. Really? And he's saying that there's other possibilities out there, and he's exploring other options. Wow. I was thinking maybe he wanted to jump ship to Fox Sports or something like that. I did not expect to hear that ESPN. Maybe they're going younger. Well, he did mention the fact that uh, the travel has been uh, brutal, and it's not getting any easier. The other thing that came out is he's done several interviews. He mentioned the fact how dead said he is against the trend now of having broadcasters trying to call games off-site as uh, networks yeah. and, of course, others are trying to uh, cut corners and not pay for broadcasters to actually be at the game. It's to be sitting in a studio and basically looking at a TV or a monitor like we are at home. Yeah, it's unnatural. Yeah. He should yeah. be against that. Yeah. Everybody should be against that. Dead set against that. I've got a few. So, because Gus went through that little ordeal with with Junior, I started. But Aaron, I still don't have a kid's name. Like, I still don't have a name. Okay, I'm struggling. I'm up against the clock. 
So I figured it might be fun to look at some of the weirdest sports names. Ah, yeah, I like that. I pulled up a few okay. to try to try to get a couple of ideas. What you got? We'll put this up to the listeners, 888-993-7762. You all should talk to that about to your wife about, hey, could we have the listeners decide the name of the child? <laughs> yeah. I think that would be the ultimate no, promotion the, the of all time. The hard part is, like, I'll think of a name I like, and then she'll shoot it down. What was the name you liked? Uh, I like JT. It, it, of course, that would mean something. But I also uh, told her if we ever have twins, it has to be Peyton and Manning. She didn't go for that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, here's some names that could be Baby Martin. These are strong these sports are, names. These are actual names, by the way. Okay. The, I did not make this up. These are actual people. Right. You know, Everybody knows this one. Coco Chris Martin. Yeah. That's a good one. That's nice. That's, that's that got a nice like ring to it. It I does. Like it. it does. Blue Moon Odom. Is an actual guy. Do you, this is an old school guy. Uh, I did not make that up. You're gonna like this one, Aaron. Credence Clearwater, yeah. Koto. So Credence Clearwater. Somebody named their their kid yeah. Credence Clearwater. Oh, nice. That rolls off the tongue. It does. Yeah. So I don't know how it goes with I Martin. Could, I could call him CC. Okay. CC Martin. All right. Or it could be a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Stubby Clap. What do you think about Stubby Martin? No, not good. Okay. <laughs> How about this one? Earthwind Moreland. Yeah. Earthwind. Yeah. He could be like a scientist or she could be like a, you know. But you come to a point you don't want the other kids to make fun of their name. You want it to be original, but you don't want it to be over the top. Well, these aren't original. I'm straight up ripping these <laughs> off from other people, from sports, uh, at, from athletes. Uh, how about this one? I think most people know this one. Captain Munerland. Captain Martin, not mm, bad, yeah. not bad. And then this was one of my favorites. This is a first and last name, Will Barrow. Will Barrow. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you had some more homework to do. No, you didn't like any of those? What about Credence Clearwater? <laughs> How did somebody name their kid Credence Clearwater? <laughs> that is hilarious. And Blue Moon, that would be you. Yeah, I if, like Blue if Moon. If you had a kid, yeah, Blue Moon. what would you name your Blue kid? Moon, be Blue nice. Moon, okay. <laughs> 888-993-7762. Help out the uh, ring cleaner. How about that? Ring Ringo, cleaner Martin. Ringo Martin. Ringo, Ringo Martin. That's it. Yeah, see if that sticks. Yeah. She'll, my wife will be all about that. So do you have baby books and you're going through and looking at names? No. Okay. I'm just procrastinating. Okay. It'll come to me. The deadline is approaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something will jump out. There's no doubt in my mind. It ain't going to matter. She's going to have all to say, right? Exactly, yeah. dude. Exactly. Yeah. Bill says all bad names. Bill, I don't uh, FS says, how about Doc or Shotgun? Doc. Doc Holiday Martin. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it. 888-993-7762. Eric Conco from Louisiana Tech joins us for his weekly visit after the breaks as the Bulldogs get ready to make some noise in Conference USA play. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, 
cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road car king. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. Imagine that you don't feel safe. Someone is following you, texting you, and emailing you, and you're afraid. In one year, 7.5 million Americans were victims of stalking, a dangerous crime that can happen to anyone. If you or anyone you know is being stalked, or to find out more about stalking, contact DART at 251-2255 or 1-888-411-1333. My boyfriend drinks too much. I found help and support at Al-Anon Family Groups. If someone's drinking troubling you, you might be surprised at what you can learn in an Al-Anon Family Group from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-AL-ANON or go to alanon.org. Find an Al-Anon group near you. There are several groups in Ruston. For details, call 251-1269, 251-0750, or 247-6275. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive. This Louisiana Tech Report brought to you by Legacy Rehab. Offer physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for many of our local health care facilities. Is it bad that I stumbled on speech therapy? <laughs> we expected one. Uh, whether it's sports medicine, pediatrics, or chronic pain management, Legacy covers it all. Serving locations in Ruston, Monroe, Bastrop, Farmerville, Bernice, Minnan, and South Arkansas. Call 255-5980 for more information. Typically, we have uh, Eric Conkle during this time, but having an issue uh, connecting with him. I probably should have reached out beforehand, considering they're probably pretty busy. They have made their way over, over to Frisco, Texas, for the Conference USA Tournament. As I say that, Eric Conkle joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Good morning, Coach. I know you're a busy guy. I certainly appreciate you squeezing out a few minutes with us this morning. How are you doing this morning, bud? Uh, doing great, Aaron. Thanks for having me. You made your way over to, to Frisco. Certainly, man, uh, this is a, an area and a town and a community uh, Louisiana Tech is becoming very familiar with. How are the accommodations over there? Oh, it's, it's going to be a great setup. It, it is a great setup. We're, we're excited to get over to the arena later on today to see how the court's configured over at the Star, but uh, it should be a, just a great environment for Conference USA to showcase all the teams and certainly a, a terrific environment for our fans. Unfortunately, uh, the dogs uh, limp into the conference tournament riding a losing streak. So, Coach, uh, the loaded question, what has to change for you guys to turn the things around and, and make some noise in this tournament? Well, we, we just got to be able to put together a full game, Aaron, and on both ends of the court. Um, you know, we've, we've been very good in moments. Uh, but we've also been uh, very poor in moments as well and, and have let some of those uh, 
those moments linger from time to time and let let a team go on a run and, and dig ourselves into a hole. That's what happened on Saturday. Um, but we've been close. We've been in a lot of these games on the road in the last three. Uh, we get an opportunity now to play on a neutral site. It's a new season. Everybody's zero zero. Uh, we just got to come out here and play with a lot of energy uh, from the very beginning and let that continue throughout the entire game. Coach, against uh, Southern Miss, I believe you had 17 points in the first half, a season low. You guys really responded in the second half, came storming back to make a game of that. What was your message to the team, and you had to be happy how they did respond? Well, we just really challenged them, Aaron. I mean, it was it was one of those things where we, we let our offense, uh, offensive woes dictate our, our effort on defense and our execution. Uh, we came out in the second half, and, and we just uh, had a greater sense of urgency uh, greater sense on the defensive end of the floor. And when we defend like that, it turns into some really good offense. And that's the type of complete game that we need to be able to play but do it for the entire 40 minutes. What's the team psyche like right now? It's been a roller coaster ride for you guys this year. Well, I know we're excited to play. Uh, we had very good practice yesterday, uh, made the trip on over, uh, had a team meal last night. The guys enjoyed that. Uh, it's it's a it's a really good group. Uh, obviously, we've got a lot of youth. We're going through th- a lot of things for the very first time for several of these guys. But you know, we just illustrated to them about how magical March can be and how anything can happen. And it's the teams that are, are most excited to play, most enthusiastic, and then most engaged, especially on the defensive end, that can make some magic happen. Uh, this will be a tournament, of course, the Conference USA tournament. You look at you guys this year and your previous success in tournaments early on in the year. How does that kind of get you ready for what you could face uh, this week playing, uh, you know, back-to-back games if you keep on winning? Well, it's something we can draw on. Of course, we're, we're just trying to get this first one. But um, playing on a neutral site where neither team, it's, it's neither their homes, um, you've, you've got an even uh, group of fans and, and other people watching. Um, we can draw on that. We've done that twice. And should we be fortunate to, to win this game tomorrow night, we've experienced the, the quick turnaround to play the next game and do the ballroom walkthroughs and, and the quick film study and the quick recovery. So those are experiences that we had hoped to create by playing in those two tournaments so that we'd be better prepared uh, for this weekend. All right, a matchup against North Texas uh, at 830. Uh, the Mean Green, you faced off against them uh, earlier this year. I believe you won a squeaker 66-65 Refresh our memory on how that game kind of played out. Well, it was a very it went wire to wire, um, close game. Uh, we had a lead; they had a lead. It was tight, really, throughout, and we were able to really have the ball last, essentially, and, and, and get a nice uh, attack at the rim. And Anthony Deruji made two free throws. We're down one and made two free throws with under two seconds to go to to win the game. But North Texas is a they, they play really hard. They crashed the glass. Uh, they really grind you on both ends of the floor. It's going to be a physical game, and we're going to have to be really ready to rise to that occasion. We'd be remiss not to ask you. Of course, uh, postseason honors came out uh, yesterday. Uh, Jacoby Boykins uh, getting some uh, love from other teams, other schools in the league, and also Anthony DeRucci being named to the all-conference freshman team. What was it like to see those two players recognized? Well, I'm very happy for them, and it's a, uh, you know, individual honors is a, is a part of team awards as well with, with what the team has been able to accomplish this year. Um, but Jacoby, you know, he's been such a, a big part of this program the last several years, and 
uh, setting all the types of records he set at Louisiana Tech, and it's nice to see the rest of the coaches and media members in the conference recognize that. And then, of course, Anthony DeRuji has really grown this entire season, and um, and it's nice that that's been recognized. We, we certainly are excited about his future. Finally, uh, Coach Conkle, you mentioned at the beginning of the interview you guys will be playing this tournament in the Star there in Frisco. What do you understand from what this place looks like? I know they've hosted uh, some uh, high school games there, and, of course, that's where the Cowboys practice. Uh, what do you think it's going to be like in there? Well, I've been there twice. I, I did a, a site visit there before it was announced, and, and then our media day back in the fall was there. It, it's an incredible facility. I mean, huh. you, you never think of the, the Cowboys doing anything other than first class, and this is exactly that. It is beautiful. It is uh, big time, not just the facility itself, but the area around it that's been built up with the restaurants, hotels, and everything else. Um, the, how the court is configured on the inside um, remains to be seen, but I know it's going to be great. It's going to be special. It's going to be uh, really unlike any other conference tournament around. And um, excited about taking part of it ourselves, but certainly really excited about our fans being able to take part in it as well. Coach, as always, we appreciate the time. Good luck this week in the Conference USA Tournament. Thanks for having me. You got Eric Conkle, Louisiana Tech's head coach, for his, uh, his weekly visit. That Louisiana Tech report brought to you by Legacy Rehab. They will square off against North Texas tomorrow at 8.30. Also tomorrow, ULM opens up Sunbelt Conference play. They tip at 7.30 versus Arkansas State. Hawks will be looking to knock off. The Red Wolves, for the first time this year, they have had their numbers with two previous wins against the Warhawks. On Thursday, you have the Lady Texas versus, uh, they'll play either the winner of Charlotte or North Texas. That's slated to tip or, uh, Thursday afternoon, we believe, 2 o'clock. And then uh, Thursday, LSU versus Mississippi State at 6.15. Postseason play for area teams gets started tonight with uh, the Grambling Lady Tigers at home versus Alcorn State. I forgot to mention how hard it is to beat the same team three times. I know. I'm sorry. People don't understand that. We need to keep repeating that. Okay. How cool is that to be playing in uh, the star? Pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder if Jerry Jones will peek his head in, see what's going on, watch a little hoops. I feel like Jerry Jones is a little busy right now. Guy that's uh, extremely busy also and look forward to a big game on the diamond tonight. Uh, Louisiana Tech versus Grambling. James Cooper, Grambling's head coach, joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Highline. What up, Coop? How you doing this morning, bud? Doing good, fellas. How y'all doing? Good. We enjoyed our conversation last week, and you had a couple comments, and one of them was, you know, we're not going to be scared of LSU. And as I'm out at watching some uh, high school basketball playoff action, I'm monitoring your game. And, boy, you guys put up a big fight, and, of course, it raised a lot of eyebrows, leading the LSU Tigers through six innings. As that game's playing out, what are you thinking? The lead's not big enough. Um, they're going to, you know, go on a run. Uh, we're going to have to make a pitching change, you know. Hopefully we make the right pitching change. Um, we knew sooner or later that they, they would make a pitching change or they would start to change the way they've been pitching us throughout the first six innings. So we was just in the dugout constantly talking about, you know, how can we continue to generate runs, uh, what's going to be our next move as far as pitching staff, um, uh, pitching relievers goes, and, and what's going to be their next move and where they're going to go with. Um, you know, uh, the, the call to the bullpen made by both teams uh, didn't work out in our favor, and, of course, it worked out in their favor. You know, their bullpen guy came in and was able to put up zeros, and, and of course, our bullpen guy did not. 
Uh, it was Christian Marquez that made the start for you, correct? Correct. And uh, it was a magnificent start last time he faced LSU. I don't think he recorded an out, and he was doing so well. Had to be reached his pitch counter. What was the decision-making process to pull him at that point in the ballgame? Well, it, it was two factors, the pitch count and then also the fact that, you know, the entire lineup had seen him three times. Uh, we just didn't want those guys to get a fourth at-bat, you know, after seeing three previous at-bats. And then also the fact that his pitch count had gotten up. And uh, although he still had the lead, you know, when we took him out the game, but they were starting to make uh, better and uh, more solid contact uh, throughout the course of those last few at-bats before we took him out. Could you sense the crowd in the box getting a little nervous as that game unfolded? Yes, indeed, man. It's one of the – for the first six innings, man, it, it was extremely quiet in there. I never really heard it like that before. So, from that experience, what can you guys build upon? Well, you know, it propelled us into the weekend uh, in the three-game set that we had against Prairie View. Uh, you know, we won the series, and um, we got to saw some got to saw some bright spots. Uh, you know, we had the hitter of the week this past week with Rafi Ramirez, who really got hot after the LSU game, and it propelled him over into uh, an 8 for 14 on the, this past week with two home runs, I believe, and like three or four doubles. Um, so, you know, anytime you go into, you know, a venue like the box, man, you know, you're going to find yourself uh, leaving there with some type of confidence based on how you play. And I think that's what, you know, gave us a little bit more excitement and a little bit more enthusiasm as we faced Prairie View this past weekend. Coach, what is that like jumping into conference play relatively that early into the schedule? Man, it's 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 tough. You know, I guess that's one of one of the most unique things about our conference is you know we really don't give a chance to you know uh, play a, a ton of different guys because you know you're gonna go with the guys who you who you're pretty much set with or who you think have a better chance of getting the job done. So you know we don't really get a chance to experiment with our lineup uh, as much or or have as many opportunities to juggle the lineup as much for conference play like the other other schools throughout the uh, throughout the country. Uh, but, you know, it's tough at times, but, uh, you know, you just got to roll with the punches. Uh, tonight you're making the short trip over to Louisiana Tech to square off against the Diamond Dogs. What are you anticipating tonight against the Tech team that, of course, uh, won two out of three this past weekend in the Frisco Classic? Well, man, you know, ever since, uh, you know, Coach Golf uh, came to Tech, you know, Tech has been on the rise, and ever since, Coach Burroughs has taken over for Coach Golf. He's been able to, you know, continue to keep them um, at the top of the conference and also, you know, the receipts from both, you know, throughout the course of the nation as far as, you know, um, who's going to finish where and things of that nature. So I think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, they pitch extremely well. And then just looking at the box scores of, and some of the stats from, you know, their previous games, you know, they don't really award teams free bases, whether it's by a walk or error. Uh, so that's going to be a big factor in the game tonight. Um, I think the team that makes the most mistakes tonight, uh, whether it's by walks or it's by three bases, via uh, error, those that's going to be the team that's not to come out on top tonight. And then uh, finally this weekend, you go back on the road and you get back into conference play against Arkansas Pine Bluff. What are you anticipating from them? And, uh, it's going to be the rivalry between us and Pine Bluff uh, these last few years. Um, you know, uh, prior to us winning the West this past season, they had won the West three years in a row. Um, of course, they 
didn't make the tournament this past year. So, you know, I think they're going to come out fighting, come out uh, probably angry since he won the West this past season. And then also they hosted Southern this past weekend and they beat them two out of three. Um, uh, you know, for the last three years, man, well, the last two years and now the start of this season, we have been playing for first place every weekend. And I think um, that excitement and that energy has really, you know, raised the level of play from all the players that we have. And, we continue to put our best foot forward. Uh, we're going to leave here on Thursday, go up there, get a short workout in, and play ball Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and come back with a series win. Coop, as always, we appreciate the time. I'll see you tonight out at the J.C. Love Field. All right, no problem, man. Thanks. James Cooper, Grambling's head coach. He tells you how it is. Yeah. I like that. The comments last week, I, it cracked me up. Oh, because, we uh, loved it. Yeah, talking about his pitcher hadn't recorded in and out against LSU, and he fired back. Well, I think the, their pitcher last time out this season uh, didn't get out of the first the inning either. Yeah, uh, Cam Sanders. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and actually, Grambling's starting pitcher Marquez actually fared better than him. He did. Yeah, sure did. Uh, held LSU to one run, I believe, through six innings. So, yeah. heck of a performance by him. And uh, yeah, it, it's gonna be exciting tonight. See what see what both teams look like. Back to back nights. You got Louisiana Tech versus Grambling. Then you have uh, Louisiana Tech taking the trip over to uh, Warhawk Field tomorrow night then of course uh, lsu's got a matchup against southern and then tonight. tomorrow they'll make their way to lafayette to square off against the cages yes yes let's take a time out more on the morning drive including our parting shots coming up after the break whatever car you're looking for whatever the price for how many doors cars trucks and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road car king. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Nazir Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. So Jay continues to look names for uh, his future daughter or son, and you uh, threw out Blue Moon. Blue Moon Odom. I got some bad news, though. Eh. Can't be Blue Moon anymore. Uh-oh. Blue Moon Odom was arrested twice in nineteen. The research department, your pops, came out with his info. Yeah. First time was for selling cocaine to a co-worker. Come on, Blue Moon. Then during the trial, he was arrested a second time 
for assault with a deadly weapon as he held his wife at gunpoint with a shotgun. <laughs> Holding police at bay for six hours. Come on, Blue Moon. <laughs> well, I liked Blue Moon, Aaron, but I'm going to have to go in a different direction now. Keep the uh, recommendations coming at 888-993-7762. Aaron Ace would be good. I'm telling you. Aaron Aces Martin. Yeah. Or Ace Martin. Yeah, there you go. Ace Martin. Yeah, I bet. It is part of Parting Shots. I started when we didn't have computers, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have any of that garbage. You do what everybody else in the media does, just creates and throw it on the wall and see what sticks. I have something to ask, just like this. Let's do it. That's where'd that come from? I never said that. Nobody in this building ever said that. So where'd you come up with that? Just, you know, had a dream about it or what? But see, it's real easy when you're not in the business, when you've never played the game, when you don't understand truly what the game is. And that's, to me, that's chicken. Oh, oh. petty and saving, just saying it like it is. Yeah. Another absolutely. coach saying it like it is. Yeah. Uh, so this is Tubby Smith. I'm sure you've you've seen this by yes. now or heard this. Um, the, by the way, are we always going to refer to him as the former Kentucky coach? Because I still want to say that, <laughs> even though he's the Memphis yeah, coach. I know. Well, anyway, Tubby. Looking so, very dapper up there, by the way. Very the dapper. Yes. Extremely sharp. Probably about a two or $3,000 suit. Looking real good. Yeah. Says what? We all think, you know, we all, I guess I shouldn't say we all think, but most of us feel this way, right? I mean, most of us watching sports, we get tired of hearing about these transfers and how it's, college football is getting worse and worse every year. College basketball is out of control. Bad. So to set this uh, piece, uh, it it looked like a post-game press conference. And uh, a reporter, I think you'll hear the question, basically wants to know, worried about players leaving the program after this year Mm -hmm. as they move forward. And Tubby's response is a classic. How confident that uh, are you that everybody's coming back? Well, we'll we'll talk to them. Kids have a lot of options nowadays with the new NCAA regulations and guys can transfer when they want. I've been in this business a long time. never seen like we had over 800 Division I players transfer last year. Over 800. <laughs> Come on. Teach them how to quit. That's what we're doing. Things not going well, let's quit. I remember calling my dad when I was a freshman. High Point College. Dad, I'm people not tree, You know, I'm this and that. I'm unhappy here. I, you know, I don't, you know, I was one but two blacks in the whole school. Dad, he says, son, somebody do something to you? No. They still, you're still getting your scholarship, aren't you? They're still feeding you. They're still housing you. still getting education? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, you can't come home. Your bed's been taken. This is 1968, 69. But you can join the Army. Best thing he ever said to me. So that's who I am. And so when I see this, and you ask him about Max, exit, exit, it is what it is. Somebody need to tell them that, hey, you made a you made a commitment. Stick to it. But it doesn't happen that way. They got a lot of people in the air. That's the way life is. Those are the distractions. The noise. If you can just put that in a box and keep the noise away like I do, 
It's the only way you can survive and advance in anything. Because you're going to have your naysayers. You're going to have your, you know, doubters. I mean, that's always. Yeah, coach don't like me. This doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. That's just that's the way it is. But, you know, it's just, and most people, hopefully they're better off when they do make a move. We wish them the best. If any of them do leave, they're going to be the first one to thank them for their service and, and, and wish them the best. <laughs> wish them the best. Thank them for, thank their, them service. for their service. All right, a couple things on this. First of all, that's not the first time he's told that story. That, right. Yeah, and you can tell. He's, he's told that a few times. Yes, and – well, my favorite line is that bet's taken. <laughs> that bet's been taken. Yes. You can have no option. We turn that into a study. <laughs> That's where we keep the pets. <laughs> Something. Uh, just to get into it, though, uh, it is ridiculous. Uh, 800, uh, you know, transferring out in college basketball. And the line is, we teach them how to quit. But nowadays, with the way the kids are brought through the system and, of course, how they're pampered by many, and then you throw in, especially with basketball, the AAU coaches out there, oh, and the summer league and things like that. I think he makes a, a great point on that front. But then second of all, the cynics out there where he's preaching about you got to honor your commitment, then does it not go the other way when a coach is committed to a university or a college or perhaps when he's recruiting these kids and he says, hey, I will be there, I will be your second father, I will follow you through your one year, or perhaps you last for four years. I will be there for you. And then he ultimately bolts for another program for a more lucrative job. Sure. This is why this is such a complicated topic. Uh, Those things make make it arguable on both sides. But that said, I still am in favor of what Tubby says here. I still believe, because in sports – you're taught a lot of different things. But one thing that they always hammer in is you have to always be ready for your moment. Even if you're not starting, even if you're not even in the game plan to come off the bench, you have to be ready because things happen. And that's that's kind, that can happen in a game and that can happen in a season to where you weren't going to be a producer, but you get an opportunity and you make the most of that opportunity. Now all of a sudden you are a big piece of this team. And, and, little, and you just – Crunch the numbers in college basketball, too. It's all out of whack. I mean, how many college basketball players eventually end up playing in the NBA? It's not many. It's not many, no. I mean, I know there's a number of them that go overseas or trying to make it through the G League, but, man, basketball is literally the toughest to probably to make it into. Yes, and overseas is catching up. You know, I mean, you you used to get these these foreign players enter the draft, and, you know, a lot of them – didn't really measure up but now recently they're starting to they're starting to look like real big time prospects and they're starting to eat up some of those lottery picks well yeah do is look at the nba draft over the last uh, five years yeah. and you don't recognize any of them exactly yeah. i mean there, there there are a lot of names in there uh that that have gone on to fizzle out yeah. you know and so that's what back to his number one point though is that we're teaching kids how to quit if it's not going well well Grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. Uh, Randy says he absolutely loves that. FS says kids don't understand that somebody has to sit on the bench. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Good stuff today. What are we doing tomorrow? Tomorrow we've got – what do we have tomorrow? Uh, The doctor's segment. uh, Brooke Stroy will join us. Also uh, Keith Richard. Uh, We also look forward to some high school basketball. Got a number of uh, teams playing tomorrow. 
We got a chainsaw and Delhi in action today in the 1A semifinals. Will they advance on, and can we have a collision course or a, a championship showdown for Northeast Louisiana in the 1A finals? And we'll discuss Tech and Grambling, what, yeah. what happens tonight. And we'll look forward to, of course, uh, Louisiana Tech and ULM on the Diamond on Wednesday night. Everybody have a fantastic day. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.